Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is going to be entitlements. In other words, could it be that we're about to see this entitlement thing rise up and continue to cause more problems with the internal revolution? And if we have time, we may get to thousands of dead birds, both of which have to do with Bible prophecy. First of all, we are still asking your help. We still need about another $2,000 for printing. Thank you very much. Many of you have helped. Uh, we're trying to print what it takes to be a prophet in School of the Prophets Crusade Manual, both of which we will need for the crusade. So we sort of need the help in the next few weeks if you can help us. So if God has blessed you, if you can help us, that would be wonderful. Also, I'm trying to go to doing all of the broadcasts in video. So if you've missed any of the broadcasts in the last couple of weeks that are video, I understand they're now up on the Prophecy Club app so that you can watch either choose either audio or video to either listen or to watch it. Now, the one that I do recommend, even if you've listened to it, go back and watch it, and that is The Number of the Beast. The Number of the Beast. That actually shows you what we believe the mark of the beast and also the number of his name, which are two different marks. You see, there's four things that we cannot do. We cannot worship the beast or his image. That's two things or receive his mark, or the number of his name. Two of those is bending the knee. Two of those is an actual mark that we can take on our forehead or our right hand, and we don't want to do either. So it's important for you to go back and watch the number of the beast. The number of the beast, it was like last week. I think it's on the Prophecy Club app now. All right, so let's go to entitlements. Now, I'm asking myself, do I want to read the news or do I want to refresh your memory on the prophecy first? So let me first give you the headline, then we'll go to the prophecies, then we'll go to the news. So my question is today, does it sound like this headline has anything to do with what the prophets have been telling us? Headline, states scramble to prepare ahead of food stamps rule change. States scramble to prepare ahead of food stamps rule change. Does that have anything to do with prophecy? Absolutely. Now, let me go back and refresh your memory because there's several things I need to talk about in this as we go along. And I'm kind of doing this off the top of my head because, again, I would like to do a videotape every day of all of the broadcasts. I just don't have time. It takes two or three hours more of our time to do that. And today I don't have the time, so we're just doing the audio version. So anyway, July 10th, 2012, Shane Warren, pastor down in Louisiana, had a vision, and he saw some, I think it's very powerful, which, by the way, you can watch his whole videotape up on watchprophecyclub.com or order the disc on prophecyclub.com, Shane Warren. Just search Shane Warren, it'll pop right up. So anyway, this is a summarized version of what he says he saw in the vision. He says there's going to be a hurricane that is spreading across America. He says he saw a news reporter in the eye of the storm, reached down, picked up. This is the point. In other words, it was not talking about the hurricane that just hit Nashville, Tennessee. That's not that kind of hurricane he's referring to. He's referring to a time when there would be a fistful of dollar bills. He says it's raining dollar bills, almost like they're worthless. They're worthless. It's raining worthless dollars. In other words, he's saying that the first thing we're going to see is worthless dollars. Well, in light of the stock market falling like it has in the last several days, that could be part of it, but I don't think so. I don't think it's time for this yet. However, that's the point of the broadcast. Several of the things in this prophecy are either either happening 
or on the precipice of happening. Let's go to the second part, earthquake. Then the scene changed back to the anchor. There was another tragedy that had just hit America. The new Madrid fault in the heartland of America had a major earthquake. He heard a booming voice speak from behind him saying, They divided my land, now I will divide their land. Meaning that if we split Israel, God is going to split America. I'll say it again. If America splits Israel, God is going to split America. Now, so the first thing is worthless dollars. Then we see the division of America. It goes to the third part, a Middle East dream. He said, the scene changed. I was taken to a room in the Middle East, and I was shown India, Syria, Indonesia, Turkey, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Egypt, Russia, and China. These world leaders will devalue the U.S. dollar by selling and trading oil in another currency. They agreed to sell oil for gold. In other words, there's some kind of a barter system that they're trying to bring into place. Well, all of a sudden, December 21 of 2019, the headline comes up, Muslim nations consider gold barter trade to beat sanctions. In other words, they're working on it. Well, why is the divided my land, I'll divide your land? In other words, why is the whole thing with Israel important? It's important for two reasons. One is Trump has come out with his deal of the century, which would mean America would be splitting Israel. But then there's another guy, Ehud Omer, and you spell his name O-L-M-E-R-T, O-L-M-E-R-T, but you pronounce it Omer. Well, of course, January 22 of 2006, this was the night that God spoke audibly six signs or six headlines leading to the fall of America. Six events, the way I should say it. Now, this is the order I believe that they will be fulfilled, but there's not the order she was given them. But I believe it will be Omer ushers in Palestinian state. We do not know if that is O-M-E-R, as in the counting of the Omer, or if that is O-L-M-E-R-T, as in Ehud Omer. We don't know. She only heard it. Omer ushers in Palestinian state, means that America will split Israel. The next is catastrophe hits America, just guessing that's probably the earthquake hitting. Then one of America's greatest times of need. So America is screaming bloody murder, asking all of the nations that we've helped over the years to come and help America. But number four is Israel refuses help to America. Then five, Israel has attacked America since troops. That makes sense because that would be perfect timing because Israel turned her back on America because America split Israel. Israel doesn't help America. So Israel and America are angry at each other. Plus, America just got hit with a massive earthquake, probably down the middle, probably splitting her in two. So we are in devastated. I mean, we're, it depends on how bad we hurt Israel, but we could be devastated. And then Israel is attacked because the Arabs see their opportunity to attack. So uh, Israel is attacked. America sends troops. Next one is chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel. Then she heard my voice quoting Dmitry Dudeman, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack and defeat America in one day and one hour, so great riches will come to naught. Now, let me get to the point of the broadcast. The fourth part is internal revolution. The devaluing of the dollar caused major rioting in the streets. 
I saw silver, not gold, begin to drastically increase in value. I saw riots break out in the major cities all across America. I saw signs, and on the signs written, give us our entitlements, give us our entitlements. I saw great demonstrations and violence in the streets wherever these things were lost because there's not enough money to keep up the subsidies. Now, that's what he was told. I'm going to come back to this next one here in just a second. Since this is the topic I'm talking about today, the entitlements, let's go now back to the news article. Headline, states scramble to prepare ahead of food stamps rule change. Now, the prophecy tells us that there's some kind of a great financial problem that brings on the time when the government is forced to remove many of the giveaways or the entitlements. However, this article says that Trump is in the planning, or actually it's in the early phases if it's already happening now. So we aren't certain exactly how it's going to work. So this could be part of those signs saying, give us our entitlements. So the headline reads, States scramble to prepare ahead of food stamps rule change. This comes to us from Fox Business, and it says, Having food stamps offers Richard Butler a stability he's rarely known in his 25 years. He was in state custody at age two, spent his teen years at a Chicago boys' home and jailed for burglary and has since struggled to find a permanent home. The $194 deposited monthly on his benefits card buys fresh produce and meat. Quote, it means the world to me, he says, who shares one bedroom apartment with two others. Quote, we can go without a lot of things like phones and music, but we can't go without eating. But that stability is being threatened for people like Butler, the article says, who are able-bodied, I'll read that again, able-bodied without dependence and between the ages of 18 and 49. New Trump administration rules taking effect April 1 put hundreds of people, starts April 1, I'll say that again, April 1 puts hundreds of thousands of people in this situation at risk of losing their benefits. They hit partially hard in places like Illinois, which also have been dealing with separate, similar change in the nation's third largest city. Now, there's something I want to say about that. You know, as we grow in the Lord, we change. And so let me just explain before I say something, and I'm going to tell you something pretty hard first, but then I'm going to tell you how my attitude has changed and why. It used to be when I would have someone come up to me, some beggar on the, the I, I can even remember, and I'm, I'm ashamed to even say this, but a beggar come up and, and ask for a donation. I can remember as a young man saying, just go get a job. I, I, I am ashamed to say that, but I think I actually said that to one of them. And of course, I would never have given anything to them. And I've even heard people say, well, if you give them something, they just go spend it on drugs. Well, my attitude towards that has changed drastically. As a matter of fact, most of the time when I'm asked for something like that, most of the time I will just give them whatever is in my billfold because I know I'm giving to God. And at that point, it's not none of my business what he does with it. If he goes and buys drugs, if he goes and throws it down the toilet, once I give it to him, it's none of my business. It's my, my responsibility is to give. So that's how my attitude has changed in that direction. I'm a giver. I give because I believe God. Let me say it again. I give because I believe God. And because I give, 
That means that he causes other people to give unto me, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's straight out of the Bible. That's the way the giving works. Giving, and believe me, I'm not trying to take an offering. I'm not about to be doing some kind of a teaching on giving. I'm just telling you my heart. I'm just telling you what I've discovered. When I give, I get back more. And I don't give to get back more. I give because I, I want to help. I give because I put people ahead of myself. And I give knowing that God is going to take care of me. As long as I take care of him and his principles and his laws and his kingdom, he takes care of me. And that's my attitude. So I tend to open my hand to people real quickly. And I don't want to say more because I don't want to lose the blessing. But just trust me, there are times when even Leslie would be shocked to <laughs> to, to tell her times and the amounts that I gave. Sometimes I gave and I didn't even tell her because she would have probably been, you what? <laughs> but But I do it because I believe God, because I love God. Okay, now that's the first thing. Next thing is I want to tell you about another attitude change. Again, my attitude was, yeah, you need to go get a job. But when I was pastoring up in Topeka, there was a young man and his wife, and they also had two children, that one of the congregation members had invited in to come and visit, and they became members of the congregation. And I remember them telling that the first thing they had to do was get them to wash their hair and to get all of the lice out of their hair, to throw away their mattresses and their sheets and to get new mattresses and to clean their I mean it was it was just one slight step above all four of them sleeping on the street. So over a process of several years we began working with this couple to get the lice out of their hair, to get them a place that was clean to get them clothes that were clean, we basically helped this couple to get out of the streets and out of a world that was filthy, filthy dirty. So after the guys cleaned up, I remember he came up to me and he was on, um, I, I don't know about all of those. I don't know the right, I know he was on SNAP and several of these things where the government gives to people. And I don't know a whole lot about them and that's, sort of doesn't have to do with Bible prophecy, and so I tend to stay in the world of Bible prophecy. But I did ask him one time, I said, okay, so tell me why you don't go get a job. And his eyes begin to tear up. Now, I hope you're listening to this, because I was about to learn a big lesson, and I dare say that many Christians need to hear this story, which is why I'm telling it. His eyes begin to tear up, and he said, Pastor, he said, the thing that I want more than anything is to have a job. Of course, I'm thinking, well, then go get one. He said, but you don't understand. He said, countless times I go and I apply for a job and most of them won't take me. And he said, so I only get the very lowest of lowest jobs. And he said, like, for example, he said, I would love to go and flip burgers at some burger joint. He said, but what happens is, is I can't keep my thoughts. And, and of course, you have to understand that he did drugs for many years. I mean, his teeth are falling out. Uh, my son, Sean, can tell you a story about one time this same guy was sitting in his office. And he, <laughs> the way he tells us all with all the detail is where it's like is like so gross. But 
he he goes, oh, and he reaches up and he pulls something out of his mouth. And you think that maybe he got something caught in his teeth and he reaches over and throws it in my son Sean's uh, uh, trash can there in his office. And he says, oh, and so Sean says, so what was that? He said, it was a tooth. I had another tooth fall out. <laughs> he said, what? He said, well, you know, I used to do drugs, and he says they've killed a lot of the nerve endings in my teeth, and so from time to time, teeth just fall out. He said, really? Well, that's how bad it was. Now, you can say, I understand, you can say, well, he made his own bed, he can lay in it, and I understand that. But you also have to understand that a person can still repent and turn to Jesus like this guy did, and all of that is forgiven. And so that means, at least the way I look at it, is we need to help them. To the very best of our ability, we need to help them. So now back to my story. So he says, Pastor, he says, I want to flip burgers. He said, but I just can't hold a thought. He said, I make so many mistakes. And he said, the longest I've been able to keep a job, like flipping burgers or something like that, is two days. He said, because I forget, or I read the order wrong, or I make mistakes. He says, in he said, I, I, I cry, I beg them, please don't fire me. I want this job. He said, but I can't keep the job. And as he's saying this, my heart is breaking because for the first time, I began to understand a little bit about the homeless people. Now, I have another friend that runs a homeless ministry up in Wichita. Good friend, used to come into the meetings and uh, help us with the meetings. I mean, without going into all that. He told me, he says, most people that are homeless don't want to be homeless. They don't want to have to come to our shelter. They don't want to have to sleep on the street. He said, but for various reasons, many of them for drug reasons, but for various reasons, they just do not have the mental capacity to hold a job. They haven't, they aren't, and they never will. They are always going to be dependent upon someone until the day their heart stops beating for various reasons. He said, now, yes, there's a few of them, but only a few of them that could work that just don't. He says, most people don't like taking handouts. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you the thing that a minister hates the most is taking an offering. It, we hate to beg, beg. We hate to ask. We would and prefer that God would speak to the hearts of the, the people and just for them to say, you know, I'm going to put your ministry above me and my bills because I'm going to believe God is going to take care of me if I take care of God. And when a person takes that attitude, and please, I'm not trying to take an offering. I'm, I'm, we're talking about here the fall of America. We're talking about the entitlements. We're talking about Bible prophecy. So I'm not just trying to take an offering, but I can just tell you that the ones that get the most blessing are the ones that say, look at brother, I can see you're, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm struggling here a little bit with getting emotional because this touches my heart. Because when people come to me and they, they need help, I help them. And I believe in helping ministries. I believe in helping others. I believe in putting God in God's work and his laws and his purpose above a mine to the death. And so I, I want to see every ministry do well. I want to see these homeless people taken care of. So my attitude has changed drastically 
from 40 years ago when I was a young, stupid man that didn't understand. And I, I think that's true. I mean, when when I drive up in in, in the when, when I'm driving down the road and I, I see these homeless people almost every time I will help them because nobody wants to stand in the street with a big sign that says homeless. Can you help? God bless. Things like that. They do not want to be doing that. And they're doing that because they have no other choice. I know that you're probably thinking, yeah, well, I do that because they don't want a job. Actually, that's not the case in most cases. All right, now back to the point. So the headline says that the Trump administration is working at getting people jobs. Well, of course, they, they want jobs. But this is this is a deep subject. And I can't go into trying to solve all of the, the homeless problems. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is it could very well be that Donald Trump, while well-meaning, trying to get people off of food stamps, off of government subsidies, off of government handouts, it could very well be that he could be about to fulfill this prophecy. I'll read it again. The devaluing of the dollar caused major rioting in the streets. Now, it could be that this is in the early phases of it. I saw silver, not gold, being drastically increased in value. I saw riots break out of major cities all across America. I saw signs, give us our entitlements, give our entitle, uh, uh, us our entitlements, meaning give us back our subsidies because either we don't want to work or we can't work. But from experience, if you talk to people that work in homeless shelters, they will tell you probably 95% of the people would love to have a job. But society will not accept them. They will not. And it, many times it doesn't have anything to do with their sex or their color or their religion. It's just that they do not have the mental capacity. And, and this is another thing. I'm getting a little bit off the subject here. But I disagree with a minimum wage at all. Because if I were a shop owner and if someone is homeless and I can see that they're homeless, you know, I might give them a job. OK, you sweep. Well, maybe they can't even sweep, but maybe I can give them 50 cents an hour or a dollar an hour. In other words, a, a minimum amount to keep them off the street. And there would be a lot of shop owners that would do that. But Mr. Government comes along telling us what we got to do, saying you got to have a minimum wage. Well, every time that happens, they don't understand they're actually causing more homeless people. So I'm against minimum wage. And when it goes to $15 an hour, it's going to get worse. So I think, again, this all this Bernie Sanders and all of this is communism. It's not socialism. It's communism, which, by the way, my definition of the difference between communism and socialism is both of them want to control everything. The difference between the socialists, they want to do it kindly through the passing of laws, whereas a communist wants to do it by bullet. But they are trying to get you in the same position to where they control you and tell you everything that they want you to do. That's communism. Okay, now let's talk about the final part. This again from Shane Warren. He says, at the same time, I saw the church rise with healing in their wings for this moment. I saw God prospering many, acquiring things and a great transfer of wealth coming into the hands of believers. Churches became cities of refuge. Let me read that part again, because so many people are planning on moving up to the hills or going to some beneath the ground refuge. This says churches became cities of refuge. 
The body of Christ stood up like a mighty sleeping giant in the earth and began to minister. People were coming to them. Signs and wonders and miracles were poured out all over America. I saw America being shaken as the worldly could no longer go to the government for help. They had to go to the church for help. Entire cities became cities of refuge. There was life, safety, peace, and the presence of God in the cities. It was a two-sided coin. As judgment hit, so did God's miracles. As great inflation caused an economic storm, great revival arrived. God will raise up his church. He also was told that there is a 400-year judgment cycle, and America's judgment arrives in 2020. Now, if that judgment hits on or before April 12th, then there may very well be sevenfold miracles at this sevenfold miracle crusade. I want you to do three things. One, it is extremely important that you get my new book, Miss the Mark, not because I want to make profit, but because I want to save souls. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10. One set of 10 for 30, two sets, 45, four sets for 70. And get the first book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. That book is about how to line out and how to understand the book of Revelation. Put it very simply. The feasts are a pattern, and a secret door links the feasts to the prophecies of Revelation. And for the first time, we can understand the sequential or the correct chronological order for the events in Revelation. So I'm going to say that this book helps you to put the events of Revelation in correct chronological order, because Revelation is not sequential. Third thing is go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Read all about it and get signed up. And by the way, be sure and get the meal package. You're not going to have time to go out to most of the restaurants besides that. By the time you stand in line and pay all the tip and everything, you're not going to get a better deal than what we have in that meal package. So if you're already signed up, go back and also sign up for the meal package. Very, very important. With what we want to do, I should just make it part of the price because you really need to get the meal package. Also, if you are coming to the crusade, be sure and stay at the Hyatt because that is how we pay for part of it. Uh, it's complicated, but it's to our advantage, talking about Prophecy Club's advantage, to have you stay at the Hyatt. Please do not stay at another hotel. Stay at the Hyatt in the area. So stay in the Hyatt. Also get the meal package. Best deal in town. So go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com and get signed up to come April 8th through 12th. This is where we're going to get you trained to be able to teach Bible prophecy and to walk in sevenfold miracles. Teach Bible prophecy and walk in sevenfold miracles so that you can be used in the last days. What would you do if you had to tell a person the most important information in the world, but you knew they wouldn't believe you? Would you tell them? Well, most would. So what is the most important information in the world to all people, nations, and languages? The most important thing to do is to receive Jesus, but... The most important thing not to do is don't take the mark of the beast because those taking the mark of the beast do not get soul death, but are eternally tormented in hell. Revelation 14, 11 says, The smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image or whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. But how do you tell them? Give them the book, Miss the Mark. If they'll read this simple, thin, easy-to-read book, they will never take the mark of the beast. One for 20, but don't do that. We offer them in shrink wrap sets of 10 to give away. One set of 10 for 30, two sets 45, four sets 70 at prophecyclub.com. Miss the mark at prophecyclub.com. 
missthemark at prophecyclub.com. In 2017, God blessed me by helping me to memorize the book of Revelation just as a simple project. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. I don't want you to get one book for $20. I want you to get five books for $30 or 10 for 55 It's called The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, available at prophecyclub.com. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. One for 20 No, 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 don't do that. You want to get five for 30 or the best deal, 10 for 55 prophecyclub.com. Download our free app from the App Store.